eating snacks. Stay a while and digest in my belly. <laughs> well, if it isn't time for another BlizzCon, I think all the kiddies out there are going to be disappointed to learn that there's not going to be a Diablo 4 this year. I mean, I already know, because if there was going to be a Diablo, Blizzard would certainly be calling me, and I haven't received the call. Hmm. Well, this trailer seems dark. They're talking about Akarath. That's... There's no way. By Bale, this is Diablo Four. But nobody told me. Surely they haven't forgotten about me. What, just because I died? It was butterflies. Certainly they could bring me back. They've brought Diablo back like seven times. Oh, the high heavens are going to hear about this. I'm extremely angry. I'm going to go post on the forums. And maybe read it. The knowledge you seek is here. Surrender. Speak the words. Call her home. Things are looking very, very dark for Diablo 4. And I don't mean in some metaphorical or industry way. The game seems to be coming together just fine. But tonally speaking, visually speaking, thematically speaking, the dark is here in a pretty large way. If you've been hiding under a rock and then somehow still subscribe to this show, you may have missed that Blizzard announced Diablo 4 yesterday on stage during the opening keynote of BlizzCon 2019, which I'm not attending this year. Now, the one year I'm not. Actually, which is why you're getting the show now and you're not having to wait an extra couple of days. Because <clears throat> I'd still have to come home and I'd have to, you know, work it out and, and whatever. And there was kind of an advantage this year in missing it in that I could pay attention to the information and not be overwhelmed by the social aspects and the otherwise, uh, you know, crammed together with a bunch of nerds sort of aspect of going to something like BlizzCon. Makes it hard to sort of keep your thoughts, right? You got to... You got to write down notes and hope you remember later to put it all together. But here we are for episode 25 of the Diablo show. And in essence, this is a reboot of the show. Not a reboot, a continuation. I mean, we're episode 25. But I told you and I promised you that if Diablo 4 or whatever they were going to call it got announced, I was bringing the show back. So now it's back and it ain't going nowhere. Anyway, let's get back to the darkness. They were happy to remind us that Sanctuary can be a pretty gnarly place. One of the uh, chief complaints by some, I don't know that I felt this way at the time, but a lot of people at the time of Diablo 3's unveiling back in 2007, was it? Or 8? And its eventual release in 2012, was that they didn't feel like the sort of dark, uh, hard fantasy that was so prominent in Diablo 2 had been carried forward in Diablo 3. In some ways, I agree with that. Um, but for the most part, I still enjoyed 3 ultimately I enjoyed three more than two. I know that's sacrilegious for some people, but I think in terms of just a gameplay experience that I could pick up and play anytime, 
uh, the flow of combat, how that game made me feel. It entered in my top four or five video games of all time. All that being said, you know, I could have gone for a darker story. I could have gone for a little more edgy take on the world of Diablo and the world of Sanctuary. And I think from what we've seen, all indications point to the idea that that is exactly what they're going to give us with this fourth edition of the game. If you haven't watched the trailer, please stop this. Okay, just pause us here and go fire it up on YouTube or wherever and watch the damn thing and have your mind be blown by what you're about to see. Because it really is something special. And I don't know if I have the right words for it yet, but I was utterly blown away by it. And we all know every time Blizzard's top-notch, like industry-leading animation department, cinematics department gets together, they're going to make something amazing, right? Like, there's nobody like them. And, uh, you know, one of the big hopes I had for this particular BlizzCon is they might announce another project that was that team putting together periodic animated content for some platform, you know, streaming or whatever. That's that's a wish I've had since as long as I've known Blizzard, but didn't happen this year either. But anyway, uh, I would say this is a, a cut above, not just because it's gritty and violent and bloody and dark and demony and all that. It definitely is all those things. The last Diablo game I would I would call PG-13, this approach, this introduction, and what I've seen of the gameplay so far, this is a, this is an R-rated video game, if we're to compare it to films. I don't know about M-rated, but that's probably what it'll get. It'll probably get M-rated. And I think that would be consistent with what we want out of Diablo, but not so much consistent with what 3 brought. 3 brought all kinds of great things, in my opinion, but it lightened up a lot of that stuff. And some of it was on purpose. Uh, knowing what I know about some of the internal workings, they 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 aimed for a an approach that was a little less, I don't know, hard edged and bloody. I think fans were pretty vocal about them wanting that back, and I don't blame them. This is what I want as well, and it was really something. They're also pretty happy in all the panels I've heard so far to sort of remind us that <laughs> that things get pretty dark in this game. They end every panel with "See you in hell." which is kind of cool, I guess, if you're into that sort of thing. <clears throat> so, yeah, it uh, looks great. We've seen cinematic. We've seen classes so far, which are only three. We'll get into that later. The overall tone and look of everything, basic systems. We know what those are so far. Again, we'll get into those. But I have not been this excited in years about Diablo or about this sort of thing, and I cannot wait. And I would just like to say, Welcome home, Lilith. That's Matt calling from California. Um, I have to say Diablo 4 is uh, pretty much exactly what I wanted to see. I feel, really feel like they nailed the cinematic there. Um, I feel like I'm the only one excited about Diablo Immortal, though, and uh, we haven't really heard too much about it. The dev kind of said it was done, basically, so curious why we hadn't heard anything else about that. Maybe it has to do with the uh, developer and the China controversy. I'm not really sure about that. But curious what you have to think about that. Um, glad to see the show back. pretty reasonable question to ask what the heck is going on with Diablo Immortal we're not going to talk about that much on this show I feel like whatever we needed to know about that thing happened last BlizzCon and it wasn't it wasn't what us hardcore PC gamers wanted to hear so much anyway but um they have updated it it's all on the site they haven't really said anything at the show uh other than a mention here or there they have they have very 
I think, strategically tried to aim the conversation away from Immortal and it landing with a bit of a wet thud last year. And they seem to be focusing focusing entirely on four, which I would do too if I were them. Like, why wouldn't you do that? And what they've shown on four so far is so impressive that it's not it's it's easy to forget Immortals even happening. But I had this prediction. I said to the caller and everybody else that they were going to release Immortal this weekend. That they would say, "Hey, we got all this new stuff to announce, and it's awesome." Oh, and by the way, you can play Immortal for free right now on your phone. Go download it. I was convinced. Like literally, like legit, I thought that's what they were going to do. I was proven wrong. That is not what they're doing. And it kind of bums me out. Maybe they could still surprise us. I don't know. The closing ceremonies are coming later tonight. Maybe somebody gets on stage and says, yo, guess what's on your phone right now or something. Maybe. But we don't want to talk about that, do we? (laughs) I've already given it more time than I wanted to. So instead... Let's discuss uh, the stuff we do know. We learned a lot about the story in the world, all right? So heaven has closed its gates. This is many decades, they said. Multiple decades is the words they used in the future. From the time we last left everybody in Tristram, New Tristram, that being Diablo 3. And uh, humanity is sort of on its own, all right? So this is decades. They said decades on stage. I've seen other places written, like on the website, it says decade after Diablo 3. And even though that's, incon- well, they're, they're not consistent with each other. I, if it's only a decade, I'll bet we see characters that, that we're familiar with. But as it stands right now, the three classes that they're showing and the characters they represent, those are new characters. So, for example, the sorcerer is not Lee Ming, the mage, or excuse me, the wizard from the previous game. Also not a wizard. She is a sorceress. So there's that. Uh, but you can also be male or female like you could in the last game. Um, and there's a lot more to that variation as well, which we'll get into. Anyway, this game focuses heavily uh, on Lilith. If you're not sure who she is, she is the mother of Sanctuary. Basically, she gave birth to the first Nephilim. I'm not going to get too deep into that lore. But she is the daughter of Hatred, as she's referred to, or... As you may know him as, and I forgot his name, Mephisto. There it is. I knew it was right at the tip of my brain. The daughter of Mephisto, who is famously the primeval of hate. So saying she's the daughter of hatred is, I suppose, quite literal. Anyway, uh, so that's the deal with her. She's been summoned. We don't know why. In this uh, trailer, you get Baldy McBald pants up there with his cool-looking robe going... Let her in. Bring her home. Zibba zabba dooba da. That guy. And she uh, gets summoned out of the blood of three sort of willing participants. Uh, who uh, One of them is sort of an innocent priest dude. I feel bad for him. The other two are chucklehead freaking pirate buttholes. And they probably deserve what they got. But anyway, out of their sacrificial blood creates this giant sort of blood blanket in the sky. Uh, which she is then sort of burst through. And then... Uh, she's like all kind of translucent and and sort of half formed, you know. And she stands up, takes the hand of her little priest guy down there, and and her big blankety uh, cloak behind her now is made of what's left of the of the blood. So it's like a big blood cape. Uh, very evocative imagery. And again, if you haven't seen it, you should stop this and you should go watch it and then come back here. Anyway, so from us from a basic standpoint, that's where we're at. 
Uh, there's also a lot of images of her holding Diablo's head in her hands. So the uh, so the big horned sort of vi- vision you have of Diablo's big monster head, she's holding that. I don't know what that means. Maybe that's her, like, I'm going to bring him back. It is a Diablo game after all, so that would be my guess. We're looking at a, a Diablo coming back. Um, no sign of other characters that we're familiar with in the world of three. Um, we don't have any indication of where Tyrael is. We don't see anything else from the high heavens in this. Um, we don't see much else from from the burning hells. We just oh, and no, no reference to Deckard Kane, which you know he may have been killed by butterflies in the first game or the last game, but maybe he'll be back. I don't know. There's a cool voiceover in the gameplay reveal by an actor whose name I forget, but he was in Game of Thrones, uh, The Witch, like a hundred movies you've seen. He has an amazing, deep, rad accent. He's at the grave of someone he calls his brother, and he's having a little bit of narration. I have a theory that he might be uh, a Deckard Kane's brother. Maybe he's Leroy Kane. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if he is, then great. If he's not, that's also fine, I suppose. Anyway, we don't know much about that, but that's kind of it, right? And uh, here's... That will be... Uh, obviously, we're going to hear more about that as as this happens, but how we get to hell... Uh, Hell's mechanics, all that stuff, early development, we don't really know. Uh, We just know that it underlays all of Sanctuary, and Sanctuary itself will be full of gameplay, and so will all the dungeons and mines and things that are on top of it the way you're sort of used to. Duriel is back. So there's some, in the gameplay footage, you get a shot of Duriel, if you're not familiar with that is. Uh, We don't know. I think he's a lesser primeval, right? We know him from two. And some of the, if I get some of this wrong... Please email me and tell me I'm dumb because it's entirely possible I'll screw some of this up. But this is all, a lot of this is from memory. Anyway, as far as zones go, they have specific details that were given out today about scaling. It's an important feature for the team and this allows exploration of the players of varying levels to play with one another. You can play solo, you can play up with up to four, uh, up, up to and with four of your friends, as you might expect. Uh, the world zones will scale to the level of the party leader, we learned. But while scaling is important to have monsters increase power for you, feeling the power level increase is getting awesome, or get, and getting awesome items is equally important, says an article I read on DiabloFans.com. Uh, that seems to jive with what they were saying on stage. It seems to me the team's pretty aware of that balance, and how important it is to keep the scaling right. And I think they got that pretty right in three, so not a huge deal. They did confirm there will be a hardcore mode. They confirmed that on stage today. Uh, so just take my freaking word for it, I guess. But uh, yeah, if you all you hardcores out there that want to die for good, the game will give you what you want. And big shock, right? Because we all sort of expected that. At least I did. The player base for three was huge, they say. And they know what people loved from it. The player base from two is huge. They know what people liked from that. They are trying very hard to combine play styles and... Approaches to the game that will please everybody. I'm not worried about that one bit. After what I've seen, it looks like it has the fluid, actiony gameplay of three, with the depth, look, feel, tone, and lore of something akin to two, to Diablo two. Again, we have to play it to find out. What they showed in the demo was not a ton, but enough to wet everybody's lips. Is that a phrase? Wet in your lips. Anyway, uh, they go on to talk about how leveling into the game, or sorry, leveling ties into the game and how important max level is 
is uh, to the game, but they say that's all still being worked out. What end game actually looks like, we don't know. There was some confirmation on stage today that there would be something like seasons in there. There'll be PvP content. There are open world events. There are world bosses. Uh, stuff that would evolve way more than just you or your party members once you've beaten the game. So once you've beaten the game, uh, the, 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 uh, the open world fills with other players. And those people can get together and fight giant world bosses for pretty great rewards. There's a, they have a bunch of plans for that stuff. If you're, if you're saying to yourselves, uh-oh, this all sounds like a game that will be online only. Sad news, everyone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's sad news. It's 2019. Everything's online only. How many other games like this, like looters like this or any other kind of game, are not online only? These games that kind of develop and become sort of a game as a service, that's, that's what they do. So it'd be like complaining that, um, I don't know, Destiny's online only, even though you can solo through a lot of that content. I just don't think we should be shocked. In 2012, we could be a little miffed, okay? Because it was still kind of a thing that not everybody was doing yet. But every game does this now. Maybe in part because Diablo 3 sort of screwed us all. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to look at that. But if it did, well, regardless if it did or didn't, uh, the fact that a new game being announced this year, probably not out for the next couple of years, is going to be an online all the time game. It just should not be a shock to anybody involved. Um, that leads me to another point. They actually announced this for PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, not the Switch, which makes me think that part of that is graphical intensity, but part of it could be uh, the whole needs to be online all the time thing, which the Switch isn't necessarily best suited for. But also, announcing it for current-gen consoles, which are about to get swapped out for next-gen consoles very quickly. Next uh, fall, they're expected to be on the market. New PlayStations, new Xboxes, that sort of stuff. Then maybe that's an indication they're further along than we thought and that they would release earlier than we thought. I don't know. Pure speculation, total guess on my part. But when they said that, I went, ew, interesting. You didn't mention next-gen consoles. Not that you had to, but I'm smart enough to know those things are going out pretty quick, and I don't think you want to be on the machine that's on the way out, so you'll probably put it on both, but even then, you got to hurry to take advantage of the current stuff. I don't know. That, that, that one's just teetering on the point of uh, controversy for me, or not controversy. What's the, a conspiracy? I got a conspiracy. Tinfoil hat firmly attached to my fat noggin. Crossplay between consoles is something the team is aware of. They're currently trying to figure that out. They can't give answers right now. They will offer controller support for the PC, but not the other way around. You're not going to get keyboard and mouse control on a, on a console. But I think that's good because the console controls were pretty strong for 3. I think 4 deserves to have some of that stuff. I think that would be cool. And um, their goals, stated clearly, are to are this. They're designing it to be a, a massive, immersive world with partying in mind. So no plan for that offline mode. But you can still play solo, which is how, how, how I primarily play Diablo. I likes to be on my own. There's a little bit of that in all of us probably, but for me in particular, I don't know. That's my jam. I like to be in a dark, dank dungeon and it's just me versus the world and, I, and that's how I like Diablo the most. Not that I won't play with people. It's fine. People are fine. People are okay. Speaking of people, we know about Lilith, the daughter of hatred. 
We talked about her. We know a little bit more about the places. All right, here's the first one. Skulls Glen. Skaz Glen? I'm not sure I'm saying it right. This is the untamed land of the Skaz Glen. And they are as verdant as they are deadly. This is Blizzard's description. Those who get lost in the woods seldom return, their screams muted by spine-chilling howls. The druids who dwell here do anything to protect their way of life, including risking the loss of their humanity to unleash the beast within. Ooh. Or, if that's not your, your, uh, your jam, and by the way, this matters, because you can kind of go and start wherever you want and do whatever you want in this game. We'll get to that later. You could go to Featured Peaks. Rocky, mountainous surroundings have kept most visitors away from this frozen landscape. Devout monks seek, seek refuge in isolation of the peaks. Find, uh, find enlightenment. Blissfully ignorant of the horrors leak, lurking or leaking beneath the crags. Don't know why that was a hard one to read, but it was. Then you got the dry steps. That's uh, S-T-E-P-P-E-S. In the dry steppes, lives are worth less than water. Rugged barbarians, ruthless mercenaries, and cannibalistic blood mages fight for survival in the harsh and unforgiving salt flats that only the most hardy or desperate call home. Mmm, salt flats. Then you got the Hauzar. Hauzar. I don't know how you say it, but it's H-A-W-E-Z-A-R for those English speakers here. Poison, disease, and despair spread over this region like mold, growing and infecting everything within. It is a deadly land, even to those familiar with its torturous and torturous paths. Witches intone long-forsaken curses within the swamps, and only those who deal it... Wait, let's read that again. And only those who deal in death or wish to find it willingly come here. Only those who like convoluted sentence structure go there. All right, final one is Kajistan. Kajistan. Uh, this is a desert place, as you may guess. Countless wars and demonic invasions have left what was once a bastion of civilization in ruins. Even evil still stirs beneath the desert sands. The people who live here used to enjoy opulence and luxuries. Now they face fear and paranoia as cultists work in the shadows to unearth ancient Evils. This is uh, Shareable Texas here. Obviously, it's, it's very exciting that we're getting Diablo 4. I've been thinking about something all day and, you know, maybe a little bit different than the, um, the initial, my, my take on the, the game. But what I've been thinking about today is how I think in Blizzard, BlizzCon 2018, we were real impatient to get something. Um, and it felt like not a lot was revealed there. And then now, in 2019, a whole lot is revealed, including Diablo 4, which was freaking awesome, right? But I'm trying to think of, like, what's the right approach going forward for Blizzard and for other companies? Do they, you know, do they reveal? Do they not reveal? Because then you also have, like, the Final Fantasy VII remake, right? Where they revealed and then they did a, a not reveal. And then everybody got upset that they didn't have anything to show in, I think that was E3 2018. But ultimately, I do think that this BlizzCon was a lot better in presentation for a couple of reasons. One, it's good to know that Blizzard is extremely busy uh, because I think we were looking at all of our games as a service games and thinking like, oh man, they're they're not giving them any content. So now we know, okay, they're, they're busy on all this stuff. That's 
kind of the first reason and second reason to know that they're not really kind of leaving those other games behind um, because if you're not giving them a lot of content, it can seem like you're kind of squeezing them out and, you know, not really giving them love. But they are giving them love just uh, like Overwatch 1 is being kind of carried on in Overwatch 2. Anyway, uh, I don't mean to ramble here, but that's just what I've been thinking about. Obviously excited. Love you guys. See ya. Good stuff. I agree with that call. By the way, we haven't said anything about the classes. There are three right now, three that are being shown. This one. The sorceress is the master of magic. She is your faster class that deals high magical damage from a distance. That is right from Blizzard's mouth to your ears. We also have the barbarian. The barbarian is one of the main classes that everyone thinks of when they think Diablo. And of course, he's back. If you like constantly jumping around and charging around the battlefield while dealing heavy physical melee attacks, of course this will be the class of your choice. Okay, he's right. He uh, slams down on the ground, causes all kinds of mayhem, jumps real far, crushes dudes under his weight, swings a lot of axes around. He also has a multi-weapon system that I'm not going to get into too much today. It may even be kind of its own focus for an episode coming up, but it's a little unusual, and it seems like they're going to try this with various classes he will be the first but he can carry like four different axes a dual wield big giant two-handed axe basically walking around like Geralta Rivia man just got like the stalks of weapons sticking out from behind him him or her and it looks completely badass the third uh, and final class they're showing at least so far is this one the druid is a shape-shifting class the druid can rapidly shapeshift into his human, werewolf, and werebear forms at a moment's need. Okay. This was interesting because, well, first of all, uh, they mentioned the druid and everybody lost their mind. Because everybody loves the druid. It's the way I would lose my mind if they said necromancer, which I did a few years ago when they, when they announced that uh, necromancer addition to, uh, to uh, three. But anyway, the druid is much beloved. People like their nature tree-hugging, freaking transforming dude and this one's a big dude at least the dude they showed i didn't see the lady he's a big mother scratcher and means business as the kids say and uh he does that transformation he talked about between his form his uh werebear form and his werewolf form pretty seamlessly so it seemed like kind of a cool combo system that is too hard for me to explain here you'll have to go watch some of the gameplay videos to get a real feel for what that looked like, but it looked great. Uh, what we're seeing so far is him tooling around with a couple of wolves. My memory of two, uh, that is to say Diablo 2, was the druid running around with a couple of, with a pair of, uh, of wolves as sort of a default comp. Uh, obviously a lot he can do to change that as the game goes on and as he builds out his talent trees. Here's an important point they made about all of this as we look to the future with more potential classes, which should be five at launch, okay? They didn't say what the other two were. We can start having guesses about what we think that'll be, and I'd love to get your calls on that. Uh, let me know at 801-471-0462. What classes do you think they'll add before this thing's over? Uh, but anyway, whatever those may be, uh, they are going to have plans to sell stuff, 
And we didn't, you know, there, there's been, there's a big chunk of time between the announcement and finally today in a panel where they talked about how this thing's going to be monetized. All of us thought free to play with microtransactions. Some other people thought it would be a traditional game with expansions. Well, that second group was the one that was the most right. Here's what they said from stage today. So, of course, it's very early days here. But what I can confirm is that we will sell a base game and expansions. And I can also confirm that we will not sell power. All right. What he means by that at the end there is you can't buy play-to-win stuff. So they're not going to sell weapons. Uh, they're not going to give you shortcuts. You're not going to... That's just short for saying no play-to-win. Or pay-to-win, rather. Uh, what they will probably do, and they don't say this, but I think this is the implication, after everything else we've seen, they'll probably sell tons of cosmetics. For example, the game features mounts, all right? When I first saw the video, I thought, oh, that's a cool ability the, the sorceress has somehow with a, with a horse, but okay, that seems weird. But then they showed more video of the other two classes doing things with horses, and I went, no, oh, wait a minute, everyone's got a horse? And then it dawned on me, oh my gosh, they got freaking, they got freaking mounts in Diablo. And sure enough, that's it. So they can be heavily customized. Everything from uh, their color, the way they look, different kinds of saddles and armor. Yes, that's right, horse armor. Famously, uh, video games have a lot of history with horse armor. But they can have all that sorts of stuff, lots of different kinds of mounts. And um, it seemed like a pretty already a pretty deep palette of different uh, looks you can have. Same thing with the characters. So if you thought, saw the gameplay trailer, you were like, wait a minute. The, the barbarian I saw in the intro was like a white bearded dude. And this barbarian looks like a curly haired black guy. And wait a minute, a sorceress was just a lady before, but now she's got a bunch of scars on her face and looks pissed. And like, what's the, what's the deal with the hair? Like it was clear they've got plans for that. And then they sat and talked about a bunch of, uh, a bunch about it. So they will sell a ton of cosmetics and you and I will buy them because that's rad. And I'm totally fine with that. So think of this as Path of Exile. But the biggest difference is with Path of Exile, you don't buy Path of Exile. You just play the game and then you buy cosmetic stuff. It'll be a lot like that, except you'll pay for the base game and its, and, and its expansions. But in the interim, you will see a thing you like and go, ooh, I'll pay five bucks for that. I'll pay ten for that horse. Whatever. We don't have a ton of details on all the minutiae there, but I think that's pretty much how it's going to go. I would be utterly shocked to find out it went any different than that. This is a summoning. All right, let's talk about crafting and trading in the game. Developers say they're still early in these systems, but they've got a philosophy, a philosophy right now that's all about crafting mats and consumables. That's always going to be tradable. So anytime you make a thing, it's highly tradable. Powerful items will likely be bound on trade. So what that means is, uh, think of World of Warcraft sort of bind on, bind on uh, equip, right? So if you've got an item that dropped in a dungeon or that you made and you give it to somebody else and then they put it on, the minute they put it on, it's bound to them. So that's likely how the powerful stuff will work. The most powerful items in the game will not be tradable and likely stay bind on a pickup. So... Who knows what those are, but the, the really high-end, hard-to-get stuff. That makes sense. I think having three tiers like that is probably a sensible thing to do. Anyway, they want the primary source of items and power to be from playing the game itself. So they have no current plans for auction houses. There will be limited trading available through clan banks. 
But again, player to player trading will be more like traditional Diablo and not that weird real money auction house experiment they tried with three, which thankfully quickly went away and all was well after Reaper of Souls. I mean, can we just admit that everything was fine after that? It was. Everything was fine. Um, Speaking of clans, they'll be in the game and they'll have these banks, but they gave no other details for that. They say loot drops will be individual to each character just like they were in Diablo 3 or the way it is currently in Diablo 3. But if you drop an item on the ground, everybody gets to see it. And in theory, unless it's bound to you, one of these bound to you items, bound on equip or bound on pickup items, they'll see it, but they won't be able to wear it or pick it up. If it's not bound, they will. So it's important to keep in mind. If you're in a group of people on the, on the overworld and you drop a sword you don't really mean to have on the ground, somebody could come and kife it. Again, not a lot of details, but I thought that made a lot of sense to me. They also said crafting will be important to the game. They want to make it so, uh, you know, you may go off course from completing quests or doing whatever. And you might be like, I just want to go get a rare material and work on that for a while. They want you to feel that sort of freedom. They say all of that's in very early development, so they don't have any details at the moment, but that stuff will come out later. Which reminds me to say this. I did get the feeling during what they were showing that the game was far enough along that they could be a lot closer to completion than we think, but because of some of the hesitance and some of the panels to give too much detail, it made me backtrack on that a little bit. It seems like they've got a lot to do. I still have a prediction, though, that we're going to see this thing sometime... 2020 maybe 2021 i don't think much further past 2021 in fact i'll just call it now and say probably summer 2020 20 or sorry <laughs> 2021 summer catch it hey guys this is over the diablo show uh, i would just like to say i think uh, diablo 4 needs more blood uh no but in all seriousness i'm completely jazzed about the dark undertones that are coming back and i cannot wait thanks for all you do all right let's talk about gameplay that's where it's at right it's what we care the most about skills will be bound to classes Uh, you may have an item or two that procs Another class of skill, but no plans for another enigma. But remember, like, um, I'm trying to think of a good example of this. In three, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it makes sense to me. You might have a sword that procs a certain thing that only a druid can do. You're a sorcerer, but, you know, you can still do it on the off chance. Like, every 20 seconds, there's a chance it goes off or something like that. Uh, So that makes sense. There are no plans for cross-class skill interactions or combos, but they like the idea. So right now there's no... Best we can tell, there's no, you know, option for you to say, well, what if you combine my uh, lightning thing with your sword thing? Now we have a lightning sword thing, you know? That would be kind of cool in concept, but they say that there's nothing like that planned right now. Um, I think there's a hint that that's in Overwatch, which I know takes us out of this conversation a little bit, but I I noticed in the uh, cinematic they made for the new Overwatch game, Overwatch 2, the two shield bearers were able to combine their shields and yelled out some sort of thing that was like a word for that, and they suddenly their shields are together. So that was pretty cool. 
again, Diablo, probably not going to get that. Anyway, uh, movement skills will be more moderate than they were in Diablo 3. I know a lot of you guys would, uh, <laughs> you know, you'd play your wizard and just flip around the map all day uh, with your with your cube setting that made it so you could run or you could dash anytime you wanted to. You're not going to be able to do that uh, as much this time. They say the world is huge and the game will include mounts for traveling distances. I like that a lot. That's Oh, that's the other thing. I meant to say that when I was talking about mounts. The whole point of the mounts, other than a new, you know, a new way for you to travel, but also a way for them to make money. But also, it's because the world's so effing big. You need to get places, so they give you a mount to do it. You can highlight points of interest or quest in the world map to get a path indicator, and that'll help you toward those areas. You know, normal normal quality of life stuff in a game like this. They have a new system called Stagger for bosses, where you use a crowd control skill on a boss, let's say. Now, it won't CC the boss or lock him in place or anything, but it will add it uh, or add to its what's called a stagger meter. Meter of stagger? Stagger meter, I think is what they said. Uh, once boss's stagger meter is full, then they'll be stunned and offer a brief uh, reprieve for players, but also has different unique effects on each boss. So you're going to want to get used to doing that. You want to stagger these bosses and do stuff. One of the demo bosses, for example, had this long-range sweep attack. You've probably seen it in the video. They keep showing this thing. Uh, it's got massive claws, but once the stagger happens, the claws break, and their range is, like, totally reduced. So, some cool strategic stuff that you could do in a fight. And in theory, this would expand out super cool to the big world boss, world event stuff that they're talking about. So, imagine 20 of you trying to take down some giant demon monster ball that just came out of the ground, and there's some strategy to it. You'll need to, as players, sort of, you know, attack in a way that gives you the best chance of beating this thing. And apparently those are going to be real hard. So I like that a lot. Uh, they said that when world events start, they will notify everyone, everyone in the world and give its location on the map so everybody in the world can see it. Now, don't worry. That's not going to be billions of players. That's going to be some reasonable number of human beings. Well come in there and do that. They say right now there's currently no max player mounts, but they're testing out what feels good. And I'll tell you what, there's somewhere between one of you and 500 of you, somewhere in between those two, it feels good. I don't know what the number is. Maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20, maybe it's even 100. I don't know. But I'm glad they're thinking of it that way. They say they have lots of ideas for end game systems that they want to do. They say they want to offer a big variety of stuff, whether that be an, uh, an enhanced version of what seasons were for three or... I guess they still are that for three. Three is still a game, you know. People play it. Anyway, they also showed key dungeons. They showed that today during the systems and features panel. This was cool. So out in the world, these keys drop. And when they drop, and they'll drop with regularity, they are assigned to a specific dungeon. So I don't have a name here, but let's say you got a key for the uh, douchebag Carl dungeon where Carl the, the imp has big horns and wants you to come kill him and take his gold. All right. So you go to douchebag Carl's dungeon and that key lets you in there. What's cool is the keys can be affixed to do weirder stuff. Like there are two final bosses in that dungeon, or there are other hard things to do. Think of it as some of the mythic stuff they do for, for world of Warcraft dungeons. It feels like they're kind of stealing that idea a little bit. That seemed really interesting to me. And there are hundreds of dungeons that you'll be able to get these keys for. And these unlock max level versions of those dungeon, dungeons with special modifiers. You can kind of, 
you know, tweak them out, make them what you want them to be. You can get better loot that way. Challenge yourself, so on and so forth. It seems like a nice hint at some end game there. I very much think that sounds rad. Again, all of these things I believe are also soloable, soloable, but you might have better luck at higher end stuff if you go in with friends. So that was exciting. In fact, I'm putting that in my top three favorite things I've heard so far. I think the dungeon system sounds really, really cool. So we'll see how it works in practice. Joey Image here uh, about the Diablo show. Just got to say, man, I am not even a Diablo player, but holy Christmas, D4 looks freaking amazing. I'm going to get it. As soon as it comes out, I will be playing it, even though I'm not a big Diablo guy. I haven't played it since I beat three, I think, 400 years ago. Uh, anyway, uh, watching BlizzCon right now, World of Warcraft deep dive panel. Love it. For the Horde, talk to you all later. Well, I agree with former wrestler Joey Image. I shouldn't say former. He may still be doing it. Anyway, moving on, shall we? There's more to say. There's more to do. Now this. Customization. The most important thing in an action RPG. Do you agree? I agree. Or I agree with myself. Do you agree with me? <laughs> Uh, customization, let's talk about it. Magic and rare items are designed as stepping stones to help players familiarize themselves with gearing and itemization as they level. Well, duh. Anyways, uh, sets are designed for fresh characters that reach max level uh, to act as a guide on how items interact and buff skills with very set playstyles. Now, one of the things I don't like about 3, if I'm to make any complaints, is that the game doesn't really, in the end game anyway, doesn't really encourage you to be creative. You find a set, it's super OP, you stick with that set, and then you use it until the end of time. Or a new set comes out, and you get all those pieces, and you do the same thing again, but then you're locking yourself into a certain play style. It sounds like a lot of what they're trying to do is create legendaries and items and itemization in general around your play style. So you get to choose, which is way more important to me than finding a perfect set. I would much rather just have high-end items that work well together, but kind of let me be creative with my builds. Speaking of which, the character skill system is a lot more complicated looking than the rune system of the previous game, but still looks pretty manageable. Uh, lots of branching paths. I want to go this way, I want to go that way. Maybe I want this ice skill or my ice skills to chill somebody before I come in with a different attack. Uh, which slows them down and makes them vulnerable. Or maybe I want that same ice skill to be used to do tons of AoE damage. And you can kind of choose those as you as you level and, and move through the game. Again, a little vague, but uh, they seemed it seemed like there was a lot there to bridge the gap between the, the more simplified approach of runes, the rune system of the previous game, and for those out there looking for a little bit more complexity in their character building, um, it looked like respecking is part of the game pretty immediately although i don't they didn't get into that like we don't know if you go to somebody to do it or if they did i didn't see it or if you can just go change that stuff on the fly that was not clear uh but nonetheless it looks good uh there are runes there's skill and talent choices you have skill tomes just more play styles that's what they're trying to you know 
encourage. Oh, and they have rune words, which is cool. Runes will have prefix and suffix types that, when combined together, have bonus effects. Gems will also exist and can be used in rune words as well. So we're get some gems back. I mean, duh, of course. Um, and then, like I said, oh, yeah, one final important note I think here is that the, uh, the uh, customization for your character is pretty good. You can choose face type, hair skin, or color. Or sorry, hair and color. Ah, I can't read. Hair and skin color is what I meant. Eyes, eye color, scars, tattoos, and they have more that will be available. And here's the other thing. If you go look at Diablo 3 right now, everything's looking a little janky. It's looking a little old, you know, a little flimsy on the resolution standpoint of things, right? Can't really zoom into your character and see much detail. And certainly that was true in 2. 2 was, you know, pixelated and terrible looking. But these were insane. I mean, they were zooming into characters and showing these guys up close, and everything looks so good, so textured, so nice. Mm. They basically said they would like to have as many options or more than the current WoW creator, character creator, which you could argue is a little slight on those things, right? They've never been known for having a ton of customization options in World of Warcraft for your dude. They've added some over time, but it's never been perfect or awesome. Um, yeah, I believe that there's there's some room there to do something cool. Very excited about that. There's a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Potions. They didn't say much about them, but they want to evolve it as a system. So if you want to know what they're going to do with potions, you're going to have to wait. Treasure goblins will return. Of course. It's iconic. Uh, the dev said the gameplay elements they add were chasing goblins uh, that put you in dangerous situations. So imagine the, the normal chasing the goblin around, but maybe he goes through a door where it's real bad. That was one scenario. Um, they said that they have built this thing with PvP in mind, so they're going to have PvP grounds where you can play against other players. I'm super curious about how that's going to go. I don't think they need to worry too much about balance because who cares? Just go in there and fight each other. They were this, If you remember right, this was going to be a thing in 3 and they never did it. So we'll see. Uh, Diablo 4 is also using a brand new custom-built engine they made themselves that uses physics-based rendering. So things like I don't know, transitional skill animations. One skill will flawlessly blend into the next skill. There'll be dynamic weather, day-night cycles in the game, which hasn't existed up to this point. Certain skills like the Druid's Cataclysm can change the weather, like literally the weather patterns will change because of him. I wonder if you have like five Druids, though, or four Druids in a group. Can you just keep changing the weather between the four of you? That's I don't know. It's an interesting question. Uh, They are not planning on any support for UI mods at this point. But uh, I guess players familiar with Diablo 3 will be happy to know that elective mode style skill selection is the default. So they want you to have as much freedom from that point of view as possible. Developers say they play a lot of other games and, you know, game development is a lot of interpreting what others do. So they're getting a lot of ideas from a lot of other games. They're also getting a lot lot of ideas from their own games, certainly. And... um, I don't know, it seems neat. So, yeah, I think that's it. I mean, things are early. And it does sound like the monetization is what I wanted anyway, which is give me a game. I'll pay for it. I'll buy the expansions. Oh, they did say expansions, not expansion. So I don't know if we get to hold them to that or not. 
But having an S on there makes me think they want this to last a little longer than a single expansion bump like they did with uh, Diablo 3. Despite the fact that we found out later they had a second one lined up and they canceled it before the, uh, before Reaper even launched. Oh, I still get mad thinking about that. That really fries my cheese, dude. Anyway, shouldn't get so upset about these things, but it should, be make, it should make you mad too. It's super annoying that that ever was a thing. Anyway, so that's the thinking there. Uh, that's Diablo 4, baby. I think I haven't missed anything except to say this. The Diablo show is back. We're going to do a lot of cool coverage and I can't wait to bring that to you. As the game develops and evolves, there will be regular shows. Will they be weekly? I don't know. Probably more like twice a month for now. And then as things ramp up, uh, more regular than that, get back to a weekly schedule, especially when we get close to release time, which I hope is sooner than later. Here's what I want you to do, though. If you like this and you want to see a show like this continue, head on over to patreon.com slash frogpants. It's the Frogpants general Patreon, and the Diablo show is definitely under its umbrella, I guess is way, a way of putting it. Every little penny you spend there helps stuff like this get made. So please consider it. That's patreon.com slash frogpants. Between now and next time we speak, you can go to frogpants.com slash Diablo. You can get the show there archives all 25 episodes are up if you want to get all that old stuff <clears throat> see what life was like in the reaper of souls era of the game because that's what i talked about there that's frogpants.com slash diablo you can also email me the diablo show at gmail.com that's the diablo show at gmail.com and leave those voicemails here too because i love them you can also attach my guests to that uh, email address i just gave you but if if you'd rather just pick up your phone and call 801-471-0462. That's 801-471-0462. We're also on Twitter at The Diablo Show. Or you can find me at Scott Johnson. It's going to do it for me. It's going to do it for you. Thank you all for being here, listening, being a part of this. I can't wait to bring more of these to you. I can't wait for Diablo 4. Oh my gosh, you guys, I feel like I've been waiting my whole life for this, even though it's really only been since uh, 2012. But it's time. We're getting a new game, and I'm stoked. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. This is a summoning.